0: Why had time? I don't know. <laughs> Blame the universe. Not like most. They're 30 minute episodes. I know you've had 30 you. minutes. You know where you got to sit down, me, man. You know how we are, bro. You sit down, you got to have your undivided. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you didn't watch it? No, nah, I did. I'm going to hop right on it.
1: And you definitely also didn't watch The Rise Mm-mm. of the Lakers, Magic Johnson, and John C. Riley.
0: Mm mm. I like John C. Riley though. You I'm missing suck. out I'm missing ah! I just mean like you suck. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you suck because you want to talk about it.
1: Yeah. You suck. I mean there's 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 things I mean, you it... have to do. Watch TV.
0: <laughs> it's pretty ain't, easy. Hey, plant your ass down. Yep. <laughs>
1: the requirements are are not <laughs> gigantic.
0: Don't bring your ass up until you're done.
1: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bubble Butt Podcast X. Uh, Today, my name has been Adam. And that is Ben Herschel.
0: A Bob and H Bob.
1: Last week, great response. Thanks for coming back, everybody. It feels good. The D Gen we'll be talking about today is a rare one as far as serial killers go. Since this is in the movies, most killers don't leave calling cards. John Wayne Glover's calling card was dragging his victims to open public places in broad daylight, bashing their brains in with a claw hammer, and robbing them of their final breaths with their own pantyhose.
0: John Wayne Glover, here that sounds like a fucking movie movie star name.
1: Yeah, well, John Wayne, and then there's another Donald John Glover. Wayne, John Wayne Gacy.
0: Donovan Glover and Danny Glover, we were mm-hmm. just talking about ATL that I didn't watch. I did think was his kid for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people did.
1: It just makes sense. Why wouldn't it? John Glover would also come to be known as the Granny Killer and the Monster of Mosman. And was the only serial killer in Aussie history who specifically targeted and bashed older women. Mm. That's right. We're down under this week, boys.
0: Yeah, we're down to the scum.
1: We're down to the continent of Australia, which was once peopled by criminals.
0: mm the Aussies, man. Aussie rules footy. Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's Australian? Yeah. Kyrie Irving? Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't
1: make no sense.
0: That dude's black. <laughs> I've seen him on TV. <laughs> I see, I've seen him on TV. You're not from Australia, motherfucker. <laughs> that dude's black. Man. And his
1: name, nickname is Taco. No, that's the different one. Nah. No, that's Kyrie. Yeah, you got
0: yeah. it. You a beast? Because that's his shoes,
1: is the tacos.
0: Actually, we love Aussie, right?
1: Yeah. We don't love this Aussie. No. Nah, we don't love John Wayne Glover, but we do now mm. love Kyrie Irving as being an Australian. Mm. I liked him just as a basketballer. He, I don't like some of his decisions personally, but... Oh,
0: uh, uh, yeah. So you talk about basketball and handles and shit? Yeah.
1: John was the master of hiding in the open effortlessly blending in as a big, friendly guy in his late 50s. He was the kind of guy you'd leave your keys with to go check in on your cat when you went away on vacation. Married with two daughters, the Glover family lived a quiet suburban life in the city of Mosman, right outside of Sydney. Mm. It was mostly in these peaceful settings where he would hunt. To make things even more tragic in hindsight, Glover was a prominent volunteer with the Senior Citizens Society. Getting in that good, man. Ugh. Isn't that how it happens? Though? Yeah. <laughs> His 9 to 5 was as a sales rep with the 4 in 20 Pie Company. They make packaged microwavable meat pies, which look pretty good in pictures. Mm-hmm. And he was a walking advertisement for the delicious product, even trying to drum up sales off the clock. Meat pies? Yep. Microwavable meat pies. What is that? <laughs> like a quesadilla.
0: Uh-huh. That's almost like that a little bit.
1: No. Not really. <laughs> it's like a bur it like it's like burger and vegetables and stuff inside of a pie, and you hold okay, it in your hand right. and you eat. Yeah. It's like an uncrustable, but filled with meat and mm-hmm.
0: shit. Okay, some very hearty. That's what it says. Good,
1: yeah, because yeah. these Australians they love meat pies. Mm.
0: Kangaroo meat pies.
1: I think so. Yeah, they eat a lot of kangaroo. Mm. You're supposed to because they are uh, an, the they're best? like rats. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: John Glover
1: wasn't insane when he committed his crimes. At his trial, he'd try to go that route, of course, but the jury would ultimately agree with the prominent Sydney psychiatrist called out by the prosecution, who said Glover was completely sane. For instance, as he was in the heat of his killing, his mind was already thinking about what to do with the loot once he was done killing. And that's not what insane people do. The pantyhose around the neck wasn't sexually motivated, It was simply to ensure death, but Glover realized the police would think it was sexually motivated, and they'd look for someone else. That kind of reasoning is also not what insane people do. No, he tried to throw them out the sit. He tried to say, biting's not biting. Biting's (laughs) not sexual, it's biting. (laughs) Of course, the actual motive for his crimes was the combined hatred of his mother and mother-in-law mixed in with gambling addiction and general greed. John was heavily addicted to video poker and slot mm. machines down at the local VFW. Now, they're not called VFWs in Australia. They're called RSLs, which, returning servicemen, legionnaires, something like It's a VFW. It's okay. a place where they held vets go to drink and hang out and mm-hmm. talk about being vets. And they're very important. Those They're very important for mm-hmm. communities. They don't got nobody else to talk to. Hell they no. Do, they, they're, they're, they do. There they do. Nobody else has that kind of experience that they've had to go through. Mm -hmm. He would spend hours and hours at the VFW just drinking and shoving money through the machines. Mm -hmm. When he ran out of money, the path of least resistance was to steal more. As police would eventually find out, Glover was a convicted thief and woman-beater not only in Australia, but on another island nation far, far away as well. Glover was originally a citizen of England until (sighs) 1956. When at 24, he made the move to Australia.
0: Pardon?
1: He had a criminal record dating back to 1947 for stealing clothing and mugging women on the mm. streets. Almost immediately upon arrival in Australia, he was convicted of two counts of larceny in Victoria
0: mm-hmm. and
1: one count in New South Wales in 1956.
0: Those guys love robberies over there, don't they?
1: Uh, yeah, and like running. They like, it's like there's no car chases. They just rob stuff and mm-hmm. then run away and then they chase each other and then beat each other up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's actually a pretty good way to go. <laughs> to get your ass beat. Yeah, oh, it's better than shooting.
0: <laughs> well, they, they really don't shoot over there. That's like what that I'm either.
1: saying. And that's like a final thing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they could get like a life of shooting or some shit. You could live to get your ass whooped another day. Yeah. If we could adopt a little more chase and beat and a little less shooty shoot, yeah. this would be a better country. Yeah. Going
0: to be so scared to
1: get shot. Well, that's not where I was going with that. A few years later, Glover was convicted of two counts of assault against females, two counts indecent assault, and one count causing bodily harm, mm. along with another four counts of larceny. He somehow got off that laundry list of charges with three years supervised probation. Just like in his later murders, these assaults were brutal. Mm. On each occasion, the mugging victims were violently and repeatedly bashed around the head and body and forced to the ground as Glover frantically ripped their undergarments off and stole their purse. Luckily, both of these early assaults were stopped before John could go all the way. Mm. Uh, The first was only ID'd as a 25-year-old woman who was walking home from a meeting with an international firm at 10.30 p.m. She awoke on a lawn covered in her own blood, The last thing she remembered was a creep in dark clothing following her. Then his footsteps increased, and everything went black.
0: So you hit her upside the head with some shit.
1: Her screams woke up the neighborhood, several of which reported seeing the 29-year-old Glover cutting through their yards to the police. When he was finally apprehended, John said he was having a fight with his girlfriend, and he was emotionally distraught. Mm. After spending the night in jail, Glover was charged and released on bail. Hmm. As he was whistling and strolling out of the station, two other detectives grabbed him by the scruff and asked him for a few minutes of his time regarding a similar assault a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. At first, Glover denied any knowledge. But after some intense questioning, he cracked and was rearrested and charged again. <laughs> after spending another night in jail, Glover was turned right back out with a slap on the wrist and three more years supervised probation.
0: Mm, I, wonder, I wonder why they get him right coming right out of jail. I wonder if they do that on purpose. Was it purposely done? Yeah, or... they,
1: those detectives saw mm. the case file of mm. why he was arrested and said, well, that's... About the exact same as the one we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Same kind of beating around the head and neck with robbery. Right. Glover would finally catch some jail time all the way in 1965 when he picked up a peeping Tom charge. He was sentenced to three months in prison, but was released after just six weeks for model behavior.
0: I wonder how did he get caught peeping?
1: Jeez, uh, I guess the lady looks out her window
0: and sees you in the tree. Yeah, but uh, they catch you that fast, though? Or... Yeah. God, I don't know. Like, How does he get caught doing that? Because say, like, to me, you do it at the right times when it's real dark out, right?
1: Unless the victim was, like, playing it
0: cool and just, like, Ooh, yeah. side-eyeing That's him. That's how you do it, though, for real. Go to the
1: other room, call
0: the police. Yeah, like, I'm just going to make a sandwich mm-hmm. real quick. Ooh, she's going to make a sandwich, We just mm. call it a goddamn law. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd do. You up there. Following his release,
1: Glover, for all intents and purposes, was scared straight. Aside from a shoplifting charge in Mm -hmm. 1978, John disappeared completely from police radar for several years. Most experts agree that a sicko built like John couldn't have actually kept his hands clean for almost 25 years. In fact, some police still wonder if he'd been responsible for five unsolved murders between 1965 and 1989, but there was never enough solid evidence to do anything about it. In Melbourne, 1968, Glover married Jacqueline Gay Rolls. Mm -hmm. John was working as a cashier at a liquor store in inner-city Melbourne, of which Gay's father was a frequent patron. He thought the timid, polite young man would be a smart match for his young daughter. Gay was from an upper-crust family, But she absolutely loved the romantic story of John Glover, an English migrant who came over to Australia in the 50s with less than $3 in his pocket. He told Gay and her family the reason he bailed on England was because of his toxic and abusive family, and he wanted a new and better life for himself. Mm. They ate it up. Well, all except Gay's mom, Essie, who was starting to smell the bullshit all over this guy.
0: It is. I ain't got no family, man. I'm just moving. There's no way we was fact check you, There's no way we could fact check
1: you. You just got to take his uh, take his word on a flyer,
0: mm-hmm. as yeah. we all know. Serial killers did try to lie to you. Well,
1: master manipulators. That's <sighs> okay. All they are is good at reading people. That's pretty much it. And you could use that to sell them stuff, but these dick shits use it to kill
0: people using their
1: power is bad Like take advantage of them financially that's what this country was built on just don't kill them like everybody else with the gay family blessing the two were wed and in 1970 the couple packed up and moved to sydney to live with gay's parents at their mansion in mossman okay you see mr gay was very sick and it was starting to look terminal so he wanted the couple close to him in his final days John was more than excited. Moving into the big house by the harbor was way more than this broke joke convict could have ever dreamed of. This is where John's hatred of his mother-in-law, Essie, erupted. A separate wing was soon built on the house so that John, Gay, and their two daughters could live almost separate life from Essie. John would later say that life around his mother-in-law was fucking tense. Anything could set her off. She was an absolute tyrant. Her iron grip only tightened after the death of her husband in 1981. Mm-hmm. Later, during Glover's investigation, police would actually side with John about his mother-in-law being a nightmare when they interviewed staff at the nursing home where Essie would eventually die in 1988. Mm. To make home life even worse for Glover, in 1982, his mother immigrated to Australia showed up at the doorstep to offer companionship for his son's wife's widowed mother in her time of grief. The only woman he hated more than Essie was now trying to combine powers with her. Freda Underwood, as she was going by now, had been married four times with numerous lovers during and between each one.
0: Damn, she was a little...
1: Mrs. uh, Mrs. John Glover's mom is a bit of a got around, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's a bit yeah, polyamorous, yeah, she, but not without the permission of her husband. She
0: definitely got some mouths and need an oil change. Woo!
1: Freda and Essie were getting way too buddy-buddy. And soon, Essie asked Freda to please move into one of the spare bedrooms. Mm. This was, worst case scenario, DEFCON 1, a woman he had hated since he popped out of her, telling the woman he despised all about his embarrassing and unfortunate upbringing. The ability to control the narrative was stripped from John, and this was big ammo that Essie could not pass up having in her arsenal.
0: Hell yeah, dude! He can't control no narrative too. Mm-mm. You know he hates that shit. He's going crazy on the inside.
1: Now it's mommy and mother-in-law, buddy, buddy, at the same in the same mm-hmm. house, just undermining everything he said.
0: He just sitting back, ain't laughing at him proudly, too, clowning him. I would be. Shut up, little dick boy. Yeah.
1: Little piss on the mattress (laughs) boy. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know they clowned
1: it up. Little moundoo on the mattress boy. Man. Later, at his trial, Glover would say of this time, it was a shock to the system. Just the mere thought of the two of them together under one roof was more than anyone could stand. At John's extreme insistence, (laughs) shit, her name's Faye. (laughs) I've been calling her Freya.
0: Whatever. She's going to be Freya. Freya. For real.
1: At John's extreme insistence, Freya, goddamn
0: it, we do it
1: at John's extreme insistence, Freya got a place a hundred miles away from Sydney in a mm. town called Gosford, which is where she would live until she succumbed to breast cancer in 1989. Oh, Glover was diagnosed with the same cancer, although it's very rare in men. It's almost like a final parting shot from his mom, like. Fuck you, John, you little dick boy. Have the same cancer I got. After his mastectomy, Glover developed a prostate condition and became impotent.
0: What's a mastectomy?
1: That's where they uh, take your breast.
0: Oh, okay. For breast cancer. Man, okay.
1: Well, uh, women's are called mastectomies, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Despite all this strange family drama... And uh, now her husband's penis didn't work. Mm. Gay knew nothing of John's dark past and never did anything to indicate she was anything less than a great wife and a loving mother. So, somebody... so let's just say Gay's a good dude. So let's just. Even though her husband was a serial killer. So
0: somebody dig don't work, right? Yeah. And they in a relationship, what are, what do they do? Says, so please, do you think they just put the strap on? And... Maybe. Would you?
1: Would I put a strap on? Well, obviously, if no. your
0: dig didn't work. To no, please your not. wife, you wouldn't no. do that. She's just go go dick. Not a woman, no, 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 no. Well, no. well yeah, you're not a woman, but what but I'm trying to say, if your dick don't work, those is for girls, yeah, it, they are. Those but, is, for but I'm pretty girls. sure a dudes is out here doing it.
1: That's almost putting worth, on strap on. it's almost not worth thinking about.
0: So, you would just please a woman with just with the tongue, you just figure it out,
1: finger, tongue, just figure it out. The beginning of Glover's murderous spree came on January 11th, 1989, when he saw 84-year-old Margaret Todd Hunter walking down a quiet road in Mosman. Mm-hmm. He parked his car, strode up to her, and punched her in the face with a right hook while stealing her purse with his left. He made off with $209 Ooh. and sprinted off down the lane as Margaret screamed after him, You ro bugger Glover went straight to the VFW and got blind drunk. Put the rest into the slot machine. The cops put this incident down as a mugging and just suspected a criminal saw a vulnerable old biddy who probably had some easy money on her. Mm -hmm. At the time, the suburbs of Sydney were pretty safe, but there were certainly sketchy drug-riddled pockets where muggings were a daily occurrence, and people weren't too keen to go around on witnessing on each other. Mrs. Totter was extremely lucky to be his first. She walked away bloody but at least she walked away.
0: With a fucking life. Mm. Over $209. Which way you want?
1: Glover's next encounter wouldn't end so well for the victim. On March 1st, 1989, John was down at the VFW knocking them back after work. Mm. Around mid-afternoon, he got in his car and headed down Military Road where he spotted Gwendolyn Mitchell Hill walking home from the shops at a slow pace on account of her cane. Glover got out of his car Tucking a hammer into the back of his waistband, he slowly followed the woman to the relative seclusion of the foyer of her retirement village. As she inserted the key into the door, the hammer came crashing down on the back of her skull. Damn. He kept striking her about the head, neck, and body, breaking several ribs in the tiny, less-than-hundred-pound frame. He took off running, taking her wallet containing $100 with him. Incredibly, Gwendolyn was still alive when she was discovered by two schoolboys... But would unfortunately become the first murder victim of the granny killer just moments after police and ambulance arrived on the scene. Mm,
0: you said less barely a hundred pounds, boy God. Just dang.
1: a little bag of sticks, basically. That's all she was. Like
0: you didn't even have to hit her with the hammer. You
1: could've you could have puffed at her. You could have blown at her, and she would have fell over.
0: That's just unnecessary.
1: Once again the cops were stumped and chalked it up to a mugging gone wrong. A few detectives were crafting theories of how the two attacks could be related, but at the moment, that's all they were. Mm. Two months and a week later, on the afternoon of May 9th, Glover was headed to the VFW, traveling once again down Military Road, when he saw Lady Winifred Ashton walking his direction with the aid of a walking stick. (laughs)
0: Lady
1: Ashton had been playing bingo at the vets and was headed home. Glover pulled on a pair of gloves and followed her into her foyer, where he hammered her and threw her in the alcove that stores the dumpsters. Man. Although suffering from lymph cancer, 84-year-old Lady Ashton put up a hell of a struggle. Glover would later say in court, She almost had me at one point, until I fell on top of her and repeatedly bashed her head into the concrete. Lady was unconscious as John removed her pantyhose, and he left his calling card for the first time, leaving them cinched tighter on the old woman's throat. Glover ran away with the wallet, again containing $100. Later at the VFW, while feeding ladies money into the slots, the bar could hear the sirens racing to Lady Ashton outside. Glover nonchalantly said out loud, Jeez, I hope it's not another mugging.
0: Get your big, he's a scumbag, bro. Did he, go, did he not even hitting it big at the goddamn casino?
1: No, he's just wasting it yeah. all. Yeah. It's pretty weird how they can just have slot machines in a bar. They call it the fruit machines over there because it's you mm-hmm. know cherries and all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can't do that here. You can do uh, well. You can do it in gosh darn Nevada or you know, but you can't do it here
0: because it's sanctioned everywhere out there.
1: You can do goddamn pull tabs. That's all you can do here. Mm. Police now believe there was a maniacal killer on the loose. The similarities were too evident for even the worst detective to ignore. Mm. All three victims had been wealthy older women. Assaulted in one case, or killed in two others, all in similar manners, and all have been robbed of their purses. Mm-hmm. Glover started to go a little strange after killing Lady Ashton. Bizarrely, he started going around to different nursing homes as a 4 and rep, and simply molesting bedridden older women. The John Wayne Glover Australian Nursing Home Tour 1989 kicked off its first date on June 6th at Wesley Gardens Retirement Home in Belrose. Quite a long haul from Mossman. It was over a hundred miles away, so it really broke his uh, local streak. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Mosley, seventy-seven-year-old resident, reported a man in her room with his hand down her nightie, but she saw no face.
0: How how is he getting in these places?
1: He's a four-and-twenty meat pie sales rep. Oh, he goes yeah. in to try and sell them to the uh, food f- food part. Mm,
0: slip off, slip in. <laughs>
1: the next date was June twenty-fourth. Glover visited the Caroline Chisholm nursing home in Lone Cove, which was right next to Mossman. He strolled upstairs to the residence room, lifted the dress of an older woman, and started fondling her butt. Moving on to the next room, Glover slid his hand down the residence nighty and fondled her breasts. The terrified woman started screaming, which drew the attention of the nursing staff.
0: He couldn't have been enjoying himself, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I have no. Because he's impotent. So, what is this? <coughs> Glover was subdued briefly, but made a break for it when the nurses brought up the possibility of pressing charges. Police investigated, but nobody had tied these events to the Mossman murders. Mm. Yet. August 8th, 1989, Glover returned to form and bashed Effie Carney in the head with his hammer, stole her groceries. Thankfully, though, she would live. Mm -hmm. I wonder what kind of groceries is in there,
0: too. I'm hoping like kangaroo meat,
1: probably, too. Oh, I bet. Kangaroo steak koala burgers Ooh, it's probably everything rude panda chicken panda chicken <laughs> uh spider legs
0: they do got spiders down there. they
1: got spiders i'm never going to australia
0: yeah i don't think i want to go to australia either i'll go to new zealand though how's the weather out there though australia Yeah. hot it's big
1: old hot because every
0: time i see him, they portray him as like hicks jeff Crowen, or something like that yeah who jeff Crowen. who's jeff crowing um, what are of those animal motherfuckers. Hello, this is a snake.
1: Oh, I only know Steve Irwin.
0: That, that Jeff crow Oh yeah, Steve Irwin. I heard of Steve Irwin. Yeah, he's a crocodile yeah. wrestler, hunter, or whatever. Yeah, I him. he's yeah. old though. Oh, he's dead. Oh uh, yeah. He got stabbed by a stingray through the heart. I bars. remember that. Yeah. And it's, I think something happens like that to Steve Irwin, too. I mean, not Steve, but Jeff Crowe. I, I don't know if Jeff, Jeff Crowe
1: is Crowen. real. I think you might be you thinking think of Steve Irwin. <laughs> 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 you think it's Jeff Crowe?
0: Where's my phone? No, I you think do... you're right. There Dude, was man. one
1: guy on yeah. YouTube called Coyote Peterson. I hate that guy. What was he doing? Like getting bit by bugs. On purpose. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The stings, guys.
1: Me and Max would watch him, though, a lot.
0: I'm like, I couldn't do that.
1: He'd get bit by lizards and bugs. and You
0: could fuck around and die from that shit. Oh, for sure. Even with the the
1: antidote. Oh, yeah. What if What if you're allergic to it yeah. and it's poison? Now you're doubled
0: up. Double up. <laughs> no, oh, I don't know why. Why, why would you want to do that? Thousand legs and shit. Uh, that sweet, sweet YouTube money. Oh, yeah, my, my fault. Of yep. course.
1: Mm-hmm. Glover got back on the molestation tour, this time with costumes and acting. He dressed himself up like a doctor and was able to get in Wybenia nursing home at Neutral Bay, mm. the town directly next to Mossman. He ran his hands all over and then put his fingers in Phyllis McNeil. This Man, time he went all the way this time. Ugh, this time he was able to escape capture when his victim mm. called for help because Phyllis was totally blind.
0: Mmm. wonder did he know she was blind?
1: Yes, it was what a, a scumbag, yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he knew how to pick them. It seemed Glover could walk in and out of these facilities at will. Nobody mm-hmm. questions a doctor, and certainly nobody questions a microwave meat pie salesman. Mm-hmm. Throughout all these incidents. Glover was never positively ID'd by staff or residents.
0: And it's crazy, it's crazy when you start talking about the stigma of uh, nursing homes, too. Sure. How they just, you know, they probably think the orderly's doing the shit.
1: Not to mention, they're already, like, forgotten people. Mm -hmm. Like, you end up in a nursing home, it's like, nobody takes care of you, really. Yeah, so...
0: (sighs) It's the worst. It is. And obviously, it's still... Well, this time, this is earliest stages... Love the nursing home madness, it just got worse. I
1: mean, this is Australia. I don't know anything about the Aussie nursing yeah. system. I know over here it's pretty fucked. On October 18th, Glover struck again, and it confirmed police's worst suspicions. Mm. These were the works of just one guy. <laughs> right in the middle of the afternoon, Glover was strolling about town when he struck up conversation with 86-year-old Mrs. Doris Cox as she made her slow way home. He walked her all the way to the secluded stairwell of her nursing home, and then attacked her, using his full body weight to shoulder-check her head repeatedly into the brick wall. She collapsed at his feet, bleeding, but Glover found no cash on her and left her for dead.
0: You know, she was probably talking up a storm, too.
1: (sighs) Hey, thanks for walking me
0: back. Like, nobody telling these women about these old women is just dying.
1: The Alzheimer-ridden Mrs. Cox survived the attack but was hazy about the description of her attacker, obviously. Unfortunately, she went with police to the make-a-face, but ended up creating a much younger-looking attacker than he actually was. Mm. To the head of the newly formed task force, Mike Hagen, this made absolute sense. He suspected the monster was a local because of the close proximity, Mm -hmm. and he agreed with the psychological profiles that the killer was likely a teen with a granny fetish. Mm-mm. Inspector Hagen directed his task force to search the town for any young man known to be acting strangely lately, or had any possible relation or connection to the victims.
0: That's all of them.
1: Sadly, this entire investigative tract was wrong, except for the fact that he was a local. After Glover's next attack, the task force would begin to question even that. Mm. On November 2nd, 85-year-old Margaret Pahood was killed undoubtedly by the granny killer. She was bashed in the back of the head with a blunt object as she walked home. Later on in the trial, the coroner would offer some small relief to the family. The attack was over in seconds, and from the force of the blows taken by her massively fractured skull, she likely didn't feel a thing. Glover picked up her handbag, calmly tucked it and the hammer into his shirt, and strode right away.
0: This dude... Maybe he just don't want to hit with his hand and nothing because it'll leave some kind of...
1: With his hand? Yeah. Well, impressive. it's not as... You're not guaranteed to kill. With your hand, yeah. yeah.
0: Definitely. When she, That first blow with the helmet is definitely going to put you down. Boo!
1: She didn't feel anything. He turned her right off. There were no witnesses, but Mrs. Pahood's body was discovered just minutes later by a passing schoolgirl who initially mistook it for a bundle of clothes. Damn. As Glover listened for the sirens racing to his latest victim, he counted his earnings. 300 smackaroos. His next stop was, you guessed it, the VFW, where he drank and spun away the cash. By this time, the police were almost frantic. They quickly dropped the only thing they quote-unquote knew for certain, that it was a local, and opened it up to all teenagers
0: in Australia. Come on, man. First of all, teenagers go act strange
1: anyway. And they're not serial killing grannies usually.
0: Yeah, they won't like the hot ones. Or uh,
1: they don't really serial kill. It's m- men that do it. Like old older men. <clears throat> like me and you, right? Yeah, we're about the age for it. Yeah. <clears throat> 35 of Australia's best man hunting detectives were gathered, along with 100 other police staff, to form the largest task force in the nation's history. Chief Hagen told them they'd be working around the clock running down every lead. Speaking of Hagen, he'd spent most of the day at the pooed crime scene, and as the hours passed, he had to accept that the killer had once again vanished into thin air. He mm-hmm. got you. Exhausted from lack of sleep, Hagen called into the station on his way home to answer an urgent message he'd received on his pager. He almost cried when Task Force HQ picked up the phone and said another body had been found, pantyhose strangled. That made two in one day.
0: Mm it make him look real bad, bro.
1: That makes Hagen looking competent. Yeah. The second victim in this 24-hour period, and fourth victim overall, was 81-year-old Olive Cleveland, a resident of the Wembley Garden Retirement Community. Mm-hmm. Glover was visiting the facility to sell 4-and-20s, and unable to close a deal, he was walking out through the courtyard when he spotted Olive on a bench reading and struck up a conversation. When she finally packed her book away and headed towards her room, Glover grabbed her from behind and repeatedly slammed her head into the ground. Damn. Afterwards, he removed her pantyhose and knotted them tightly, grabbed the $60 from her purse, and fled the scene. Unbelievably, nobody on the task force compared this murder to the nursing home molestation tour, or they'd notice the same portly middle-aged and 20 sales rep was present on right. all occasions.
0: Look, they don't care about these old women, bro. That's it. And a
1: few of them on this tour happened over 100 miles away. But really, run down any lead where police were called to the elderly, to mm -hmm. elderly
0: women specifically. Especially if you call him the Granny Killer. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) They already have that name established. Yeah, and they're not even fucking doing the, the right shit to do. Like you said, just run down the leads. Run down the fucking leads. Yeah. That's what Hagen said they were gonna do. Yep. Twenty four hours a day. And you see why the
1: second body Seven gets days dropped.
0: a week, Christmas included. <laughs> why y'all go to that way, he doing another one. Yeah. Look for teenagers, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah.
1: keep looking for teens. Yeah. You guys got it. You guys got your finger <laughs> on the fucking pulse, boys. Yeah. The task force had nothing and were grasping at straws. They even sent the case they had so far to the FBI hoping their analysts could make something out of it. And they couldn't. It wasn't until a week after Olive's murder that police got their first break and a pattern started emerging. Mm-hmm. In several of the attacks, the victim recalled seeing a well dressed, gray haired, portly middle aged man. Mm. The very first victim, Mrs. Todd Hunter, remembers someone of that description passing her in the streets before she was beaten and robbed of her bag. Mrs. Effie Carney, who was beaten and robbed in August, also remembered her assailant as a gray haired middle aged man. Mm. Finally, at least for us in hindsight, the task force realized they'd been looking for the wrong type of guy. Their killer, instead of being a teen with a thing for grannies, was more than likely an average-ass, average basic man that could slip unnoticed anywhere because he would never stand out to anyone. Mm-hmm. With this new shift in investigative paradigm, police still had to find the right average man.
0: Mm-hmm. and no witnesses, too. They're on they, the track. They, yeah, the only witnesses
1: it. have Alzheimer's or are Ooh. fucking old.
0: Ooh, Alzheimer's, bro, you can't go off dead account no, at because all. Because they bro. fucking yeah. light
1: matches and throw them at their own house. They're, it's not their fault. It's no. a degenerative yeah. disease and it's about the saddest fucking thing it that could happen to a person. Ugh, that's bad, bro. November 23rd, another body appeared. 92 year old Muriel Falconer was struggling down the street with her arms full of groceries. Unluckily for her, Glover spotted her out the window of the liquor store where he was buying a bottle of whiskey. He strode quickly to his car and collected his hammer and gloves. Mm. As the partially deaf and blind Mrs. Falconer entered her front door, she didn't notice John slip in right behind her. He grabbed her from behind by the mouth to keep her quiet and started bashing her head and neck with the hammer. John began removing the pantyhose, but stopped when Mrs. Falconer blearily began crying out. He kept swinging the hammer until he was sure she was out, then strangled her with the pantyhose. He shut the front door of her house for privacy, rooted all around the place. Only finding a $100 and a duffel bag, he stashed the gloves and hammer and
0: slipped out of the house. Mm, so this dude, she was 92, so he probably went to McDonald's first, cast his check and Shit. still was able to catch up with her go get his gloves. Put his feet up. Yeah.
1: Watch her TV while want... she didn't even notice he was there.
0: And why in the hell is this ninety-two-year-old woman walking down the street?
1: Hey, it's pretty cool that she like. Yeah, you can still could live by herself. Yeah. yeah.
0: But sometimes with granny you need help, especially with granny killer on the loose, you need help. Ninety-two. She lived a good life.
1: Yeah, but that's no way to end it. That's not. Yeah. Fuck me. That's
0: very violent for a ninety-two-year-old woman. That's
1: terrible. That's not a good way to go. What? A, here's your reward for a life well lived. Good mm-hmm. job get smashed in the fucking head by a psycho that's looking to drink and gamble
0: 92 does crazy Mrs. Falconer
1: wasn't discovered until the following afternoon when the neighbors realized they hadn't seen her in a while and went to check although the crime scene was chaotic it was the first time Glover had committed one of his crimes in a closed off private space making evidence collection so much easier than in the middle of busy public roads that he usually killed
0: on which is crazy yeah. in itself yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. he did he able to kill in broad daylight like
1: that <laughs> and do like elaborate pantyhose strangle steal money and mm. get away all at the same time
0: damn they, were, they really don't give a fuck about these mm. old folks man
1: police found a perfect footprint in blood on the carpet mm. their first solid clue since the investigation began on January 11th 1990 john slipped up in a very bad way mm, on that what... day Glover called at the Greenwich Hospital for an appointment with the administrator, Mr. Reg Cadman. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, Glover, dressed in his blue and white salesman jacket and carrying a clipboard, walked into a hospital ward where four very old and very sick women were laying in their beds. He approached Mrs. Daisy Roberts, who was suffering from advanced cancer, asking if she was losing any body heat, then pulled up her nightie and began to prod her in an indecent manner. Mrs. Roberts became alarmed and rang the buzzer beside her bed. A sister at the hospital, Pauline Davis, answered the call and found Glover in the ward. Who the hell are you? She called out, and Glover ran from the ward. She Mm -hmm. chased him and took down the registration number on his car as he hurriedly drove away. Got him. Sister Davis called the police, and later that day, two young uniformed police women from the local Chatswood police station arrived to investigate. In. No,
0: they finna get this shit done.
1: The hospital staff was able to identify and name Glover as he was well known and popular from previous visits on his pastry rounds.
0: Mm.
1: When the police returned a week later with a photo of John Glover, Sister Davis positively ID'd him, and Mrs. Roberts said that it looked most like him. I guess they were
0: like, this might be the guy
1: I would think so A breakthrough, but for some unaccountable reason Another three weeks were to pass Before anyone reported the incident To the Granny Killer Task Force This was all being handled By local police Detectives from Chatswood Police Station Confirmed Glover's name with his employers Rang him at home Asked him to drop by for a chat About the assault at 5pm the following day When Glover never turned up By 6pm Police called his house where his wife told him that he had attempted suicide and was in Royal Shore North Hospital.
0: Were you when you attempt suicide, don't they call the police anyway or no?
1: I think so. But as we yeah, can I... see, they're not communicating with each other yeah. very well. And right this
0: now. was back in the day, too. So. 1990. 32 yeah, uh...
1: years ago. But you're absolutely right. There wasn't like widespread internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had to call somebody. Yeah. Cops went to the hospital, but Glover was too sick to be interviewed. Staff handed police a suicide note that included the words, No more grannies, grannies. And still, it didn't register to the constables that the middle-aged portly man with the gray hair who was recovering from attempted suicide after assaulting an old patient in a nursing home may be able to help them with their granny killer.
0: They probably don't think it's this dude. (laughs) They don't. They have no fucking idea.
1: The police returned to interview Glover on January 18th and, with his er reluctant approval, picked up a Polaroid photo of him to show to Sister Davis and Mrs. Roberts. Mm. After the positive ID, one of the officers told Davis and Roberts, We know who it is. We know all about him. Finally. Head of detectives in the task force, Detective Sergeant Dennis O'Toole said, We still had no evidence. If he had said to us, I don't want to talk, we couldn't have proved any of the murders. Still, the photo matched the many descriptions of the mysterious gray-haired middle-aged man, and in his job as a sales rep, Glover could have been at any of these murder scenes. Hell yeah. Detectives interviewed Glover. He denied anything to do with the alleged assault on the elderly women at the nursing home. Police gave him the impression that they were satisfied and left him feeling confident that he still had his luck. But John Wayne Glover was under around-the-clock surveillance with six detectives assigned to follow him and find out every conceivable thing
0: about him. They gonna get it.
1: They want to know if he's got peanuts in his shit. That's how much they they want to know.
0: They They gonna stay up his ass. Because you're strange now. You're on our radar. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And the city's probably sick of paying
0: overtime, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, so y'all gotta hurry up and get this motherfucker. Wrap this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, wrap that
1: shit up, B. Even at this stage, the police didn't have a scrap of evidence that would stand up in court, but in their minds, there was no question that Glover was their man. Did get him. Hagen had to make an agonizing choice. Go in now and let the granny killer know that they were on to him, take the odds of not finding any solid evidence that would help them in court, or... Sit tight and wait for him to stalk another old woman and catch him in the act. What would you do? Hagen opted for the latter. Sadly, it was a decision that would cost another life. That's why I don't think I could do it. Make that decision. I would have to say, we got a crash on because... him. We can't wait for him to do it again. We got a crash on him.
0: But did they have surveillance on this motherfucker? Yeah, 24 hours. So he hours.
1: slipped surveillance. They, no, they were hoping to catch him in the act. Oh, okay. So they were watching him, hoping that he would, like, lure a woman... But you got a split second because he starts bashing with that hammer right away. Yeah, he does. The police didn't let him get out of their sight, but Glover didn't put a foot wrong. He occasionally stopped to look at old women, but his behavior was exemplary. On March 19th, Glover called at the home of a lady friend, Joan Sinclair, Mm -hmm. at 10 a.m. He spruced himself up in the rearview mirror before knocking and being let in at the front door. Observing police had no reason to believe that it was anything other than a social visit. Besides, the killer had only ever struck in the afternoon, and only elderly women. Still, they watched every corner of the house. At 1 p.m., there was no sign of Glover or any sign of life at all. The police surveillance became concerned. At 5 p.m., all was still quiet.
0: And at 6 p.m.,
1: deciding that all was not well, they got the okay from Hagen to kick the door in. Detective Sergeant O'Toole and Detectives Paul Mager and Paul Jacob noticed the pools of blood almost as soon as they crept in the door. With guns drawn, they tiptoed from room to room, covering each other, but careful not to be caught in a crossfire should the madman leap out at them with an axe or a shotgun. They saw a hammer lying in a pool of drying blood on the mat. As they peered further around the doorway, they saw a pair of women's panties and a man's shirt covered in blood. Then a woman's body came into view. Joan Sinclair's battered head was wrapped in a bundle of blood-soaked towels. She was naked from the waist down, and pantyhose were tied around her neck. Her genitals were damaged, but Glover would later deny sexually interfering with her. So I
0: know. when did he decide to do that?
1: Maybe he was just so fucking mad. I don't know.
0: Well, was they he really started to advance? Because first he wasn't doing nothing, and then he started to touch. Yeah,
1: he wanted going on those tours, yeah. The molesting tours,
0: hmm
1: May- Yeah, maybe this was his next evolution, yeah. his next cocoon, but the police were already all over his business. Mm-hmm. Not enough to stop this one from happening, but...
0: Hell no, so that's two that they botched.
1: Because Joan was only like 35, 40. Right, and they had She no wasn't an old lady. Yeah, they just thought she was a friend. It was unmistakably the work of the granny killer, but where was he? Was he waiting in ambush? Detective Mager almost breathed a sigh of relief as he found feet sticking out of the end of the bath. An unconscious, naked, gray-haired, chubby man was lying in the tub. One wrist was slashed, and the air was heavy with the smell of alcohol and puke. The relieved detectives prayed that he was still alive, and their prayers were answered. Yeah, yeah, get some fucking um, closure out of this shit. The man in the bath was John Wayne Glover, the granny killer, after he recovered in hospital... Glover told police of the final chapter in the Granny Killer murders. Glover had known Joan Sinclair for some time, and they were extremely fond of each other in a platonic relationship. Mm -hmm. However, after he entered the house on March 19th, Glover got his hammer out of his briefcase and bashed Mrs. Sinclair about the head with it. Glover then removed her pantyhose and strangled her with them, and with others he found in her bedroom. Multiple sets. He was going crazy. This sequence of events completely baffled police. Murdering Mrs. Sinclair was in many ways out of character with the other murders and bashings. Glover rolled Mrs. Sinclair's body over on the mat, wrapped four towels around her massive head wound to stem the flow of blood, Mm -hmm. and then dragged her body across the room, Mm -hmm. leaving a trail behind him. When he had done that, he ran a bath, washed down a handful of Valium with a bottle of Vat-69, slashed Mm. his left wrist and lay in the tub to die
0: vat 69 vat v-a-t yeah that's the uh brothers that's the fucking that's nicks that's what you drink
1: you still hiding your vat 69 in my
0: footlocker yep
1: i'm a goddamn officer dick
0: yeah well can i get that though (laughs) yeah
1: go ahead wow that's great i didn't put that together Man, Nick's went nuts. He like broke open that shop trying to find it. That was some good shit. That's a great show, Band of Brothers. With that
0: whiskey, right?
1: I think so. yeah. Yeah. Glover didn't die, and police were very glad of that. They felt that if suicide had been successful, there would always been speculation as to whether Glover was the right man. Glover further brushed away their concerns by confessing to everything. Nonetheless, he frustrated police and psychiatrists alike with his inability or unwillingness to set out the reasons for his acts. They wanted to know why, why, why.
0: Just like at school, where they tell you to, okay, we, we, you, that's good you got the answer. His so answer. Show me, how
1: did you get the answer? Oh, fuck. Show your work. Fuck that. His answer was, I don't know. I just see these ladies and it seems to trigger something. I just have to be violent towards them. When he was charged with murdering six elderly women, his wife Gay and their two daughters, both in their late teens, were stunned. They had never been the slightest indication that the man they loved as husband and dad was granny killer. Hmm. At his trial in November 91, John Wayne Glover pleaded not guilty to six counts of murder on the grounds of diminished responsibility, psychologically. Mm -mm. In other words, Glover claimed that he was temporarily insane when he carried out the murders. The jury didn't agree and it took them just two and a half hours to find that Glover was both guilty and sane. Justice Wood sentenced Glover to six life terms of imprisonment and said, in part, The period since January 1989 has been one of intense and serious crime involving extreme violence inflicted on elderly women, Mm -hmm. accompanied by the theft or robbery of their property. Mm -hmm. On any view, the prisoner has shown himself to be an exceedingly dangerous person, and that view was mirrored by the opinions of the psychiatrists who have given evidence in this trial. I have no alternative other than to impose the maximum available sentence, which means that the prisoner will be required to spend the remainder of his natural Mm. life in jail. It is inappropriate to express any date as to release on parole. Having regard to those life sentences, this is not a case where the prisoner may ever be released pursuant to the order of this court. John Wayne Glover will never be released.
0: They got that motherfucker in two hours. <laughs> when you get gotten two hours, pretty much you got gotten 30 minutes. Yeah. The rest is just.
1: You were gotten when they walked you in.
0: Yep. Lunch and some other mumbo jumbo they got to tell you. Yeah.
1: Bring me that koala meat. Yep. Uh, I ain't leaving here to... without my free yeah. lunch. Exactly. Exactly. I was promised the lunch. I'll yep. eat the I lunch. I need it. I need it. Yeah. I'd just sit here and listen to this idiot for yeah. so long. He was,
0: <laughs> he, he was already guilty. Man. Fuck
1: yeah, No.
0: fuck you, John Glover. Did and, and, and but he still didn't give a a reason why he did the shit. He just felt he needed to be violent towards old women. And that is crazy for his um, crazy his wife and his and, so damn pop. You've been filling up old women and shit. Like what's good? Like
1: maybe because his mom was
0: a temptress. I wouldn't believe it at first. Let me be honest with you. I'm like, nah, not my pop, bro. He ain't. Oh, for sure. No. Yeah, yeah, not gonna happen. Yeah,
1: it's hard to believe that your own pop. The BTK, same thing, Bind torture killer. His daughter, like, still talks about it. She's like,
0: no fucking clue. Yeah. And she still denied it to a little bit? What do you mean? Her the daughter, does she still deny it? Like, no, my dad could oh, have no. did that. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, the evidence is the evidence.
1: She's talked about him writing, uh, writing him letters, and, like, she only wrote him back once, and she was... One of it was, it was brutal. It was like, you know, me and Ma were watching a movie and eating popcorn. And I thought, how great is it that you'll never get to be able to smell or enjoy fresh popcorn again? Locked behind bars for everything you fucking did, you scumbag. Mm. You know, like that's good stuff. That's cutting. That's gotta hurt. There goes all your morale. Mm. Nobody gives a shit about you anymore.
0: Yeah, you lost the only person that probably would believe you and love you. Yep, your daughter. Because your wife. You say you think you're a scumbag She's anyway. not part of you. Like,
1: she's not a piece that's of you true. genetically. For all intents and purposes, she's like a stranger. But the daughter, that's a piece of you. Brutal. Either way, that's John Wayne Glover, Herschel. That's,
0: that's, anyway, that's John Wayne Glover.
1: That's Australia. Did you enjoy your time Down Under? Yeah. yeah.
0: The land from Down Under, man. Oh, the thunder from they...
1: Down Under. Those are those uh, guys in Vegas that uh, dance around.
0: You. I was. <laughs> I got, got a, kicked a off the squad. Though.
1: Y-M-C-A. I got kicked off. Yeah, because you was too good. That's the problem. Magic Adam.
0: I don't like it. motherfucker, no, too, because he can shake and gyrate his body better than yours. He got to mm-hmm. get kicked out. You
1: should see these booty booty cheeks <laughs> clap. I don't know what they're supposed to do. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> i <I'm> my like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's been Adam. That's been H-bomb. 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 Herschel, we'll see you next week. Uh, uh, I'll be here next week. We'll
0: see you next week.
1: And uh, the more you know. So uh, we'll see you. Last, uh, that's been Bumble B- Podcast X. X, X. X, X. Uh, bet you can't. See you later. Bye.